Welcome to the Timeline Sports Season Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. For those of you listening to our previous award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast, the Buzz in the Tower Podcast, this one will be a little different. In this podcast, we're looking for weird, interesting, remarkable, funny, or otherwise wacky sports seasons. We're even hoping to expand across at least two platforms, including Spotify. From what I'm reading on the internet, it looks like Spotify could use a new podcast. So, so maybe we'll maybe we'll just jump in there. Hundred million a year? I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, our first season is a doozy, near and dear to our hearts. 2010 Minnesota Vikings. Let me introduce you to my co-host. To my left is Evan. Evan, how's it going? Very good. Happy to be here. To my right, we got Judd the Butcher. Judd, how are you doing? I'm doing great. All right, I'm ready to kick this thing off. But before we get started. This podcast is brought to you by Meineke and Ham Lake. Did you watch Cars 2 and blow up your engine? Are you sliding around like Michaela Schifrin and you're, because your tires suck? Have no fear. The fine people at Meineke and Ham Lake are here to help you. They're also offering buy one, get one free wiper blades till the end of February so you can see out of your dirty-ass windshield. And by listening to this podcast, you get an extra 0% off if you use the promo code, promo code HULKSTER at the front desk. Visit Meineke and Ham Lake. A hard-working, family-owned American business. All right, so we'll start with our timeline. Our timeline begins on 420, April 20th of 2002. The Vikings draft Bryant Mount McKinney. Mm, yeah, they missed a pick, right? Nope, we're not to that one yet. <laughs> we're going to get to that one. But no, this was a big deal because he was on those awesome Miami teams, didn't allow a sack in college. I have a quote from Mel Kuyper. The big question about McKinney has been his run blocking, which is a surprise considering his size. He tends to fall off blocks and not sustain them. He also needs to be more consistent with the intensity, something that was also said about Jonathan Ogden when he came out of UCLA. Mm. So M- McKinney was a big deal coming out of college. Held out for 98 days. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. No. Yeah, I didn't either. And then I was reading about it, and it kind of <laughs> came back where this was in the era where draft picks could make just an insane amount of money. Like, this is before the million dollar contract. Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably by the time he got done holding out, he's one of the top paid tackles in the league. Right. But the Vikings needed him. They got him. The 2002 Vikings go 6-10. and 10. April 26, 2003. This is the draft you're talking about, Judd. The Vikings have the seventh pick, and they have a deal with the Ravens. Ready to go. The Ravens are trying to get Byron Leftwich. Let's see here. The Ravens call the line to the NFL officials, but it's busy. So the Vikings don't get their pick in in time. Jacksonville picks, they take Leftwich, because they were eight, so they got bumped up. Carolina picks, then after that, get Jordan Gross. The Vikings draft at number nine. They get Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams. Yes. Fall into Kevin Williams. That's the most Vikings draft possible, where it's like, who doesn't get their pick in? Is there any rumors on who they would have taken? I think they were looking at, I want to say it was like Ryan Sims, the guy out of North Carolina, if I recall correctly, but I'll take to fall into a Hall of Fame D-tackle. Yeah. yeah, you can't do bad with that. Also in that draft, round two, E.J. Henderson. He was a staple. Yeah. A good another, seven, eight years. Yeah, another prime character in our story here. Mm-hmm. Also took Nate Burleson Ooh. in the steal of the draft. He declared himself this, Ontario Smith. The Wizenator. The original Wizenator. <laughs> I love Ontario Ontario Smith. Smith. <laughs> the 2003 Vikings go 9-7. and seven. Our timeline moves to March 5th, 2004. Free agency. 
the Vikings sign Antoine Winfield, mm. who I think among Vikings fans is everybody's favorite player. Randy Moss. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> On the defense, maybe. But like the low key, like <laughs> God, we love this guy because yeah. he's five foot eight and just smashes people. Yeah. Tackles. All day. I remember the one Monday night game where they had him playing linebacker, and he had like 16 tackles or something like that. Sounds about right. So yeah, so the Vikings get Antoine here. That's another main character in our yeah. story here. But the 2004 Vikings go 8-8. Eight and eight. On to the next offseason, March 2nd, 2005. The Vikings sign the other half of the Williams wall, Pat Williams from mm. Buffalo. So they got Winfield and Pat Williams from Buffalo. So the Bills... Had to be kicking themselves a little bit. Yeah. What was your favorite Pat Williams memory in general? Just the whole Williams wall, making both of them in there. Yeah. He's a huge, ginormous human being, big belly. Yeah, it was just amazing a guy that large could move that fast. Yeah. He's a Vince Wilfork before Vince Wilfork. <laughs> the original Vince Wilfork. Yeah. All right. Our next one, May 25th, 2005. Owners approve the sale of the Vikings from Red McCombs to the Wilf family. So that, that's where Ziggy comes in the picture. Which turns out, Ziggy and his brother maybe did some questionable things back in the day. Look it up. Not going to cover it here, but look it up. The 2005 Vikings go 9-7. and seven. This one's like uh, every year. 8-8, yeah. 9-7. Yeah, just never mediocre. Draft purgatory. <laughs> yeah. Always have like the... Twelfth pick in the draft. It's just perfect, which is that, what we have this year. And thinking on that, like, if you think about it, that Burleson would have been really nice to have in that 09, or that 2010 team. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, especially I feel like in Sydney. Barian, or um, Bernard Barian was, or was yeah. Like Barian yeah, was just, Barian. I mean, he had the speed, but. I feel like Burleson would have been a much better. He probably didn't. Barian have the longest play that season, like yeah, uh, Gus Gus Perot to Barian on Monday yeah. Night Football, ninety nine yards, mm-hmm. <laughs> tied the longest play in NFL history. But yeah. that was about his highlight with the Vikings, right? I think. Yeah. Let's see here. All right, next on our timeline, January sixth, two thousand six. Brad Childress hired as the head coach of the Vikings. I saw him at Holy Family, uh, Holy Family football game once. I wasn't close to him, but I thought he was cool at that time. <laughs> I feel like nobody knew who he was. He when was we hired him. Yeah, he's like Andy Reid. Andy Reid's guy. Yeah. yeah, another in the line of Andy Reid coaches who have been hired. He was but... just like a typical Minnesota like Vikings move, like hire mm-hmm. at the time. I remember. But... I remember his. Did kind of had the Mike Tice pencil going for a little bit, but. He always talked about his like streams of consciousness, and he he looked like a, a anorexic Andy Reid. <laughs> he was like Ned Flanders, but with a worse haircut. <laughs> with no hair. <laughs> but it was like he always thought he was smarter than everybody else. He like reminded me because it's about the same era where David Kahn comes to the Timberwolves. Oh, it's like oh, the guy, the guy who thinks he's smarter than everybody, but really isn't. So. Yeah. Also, Daryl Bevel subsequently hired as offensive coordinator, and they hired an assistant quarterback coach named Kevin Stefanski. Oh. What year was that? 2006. Okay. So that's where Handsome Kevin comes in the picture. About a week later, Vikings hire running back coach Eric Bieniemy. Mm-hmm. Another hot coaching prospect that the Vikings probably let go too early, but. Like Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Tony Dungy. <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah. 
March 11th, 2006, the Vikings sign linebacker Ben Lieber. Ooh. I feel like Ben Lieber is the guy who, if he's like the sixth or seventh best player on your defense, you have a good defense. Right. If he's in the top four players in your defense, you probably don't have a great mm-hmm. defense. But he's an average player. Just solid. <laughs> I think that's how you describe Ben Lieber. <laughs> solid. One day later, Vikings sign running back Chester Taylor. Sorry, let's go back to Ben Lieber. Fun fact. He left uh, the Chargers because they had a up-and-coming prospect called uh, Sean Merriman. Old lights out. Yeah. Sean Merriman. Well, it would have been nice to have that guy. Who did we... We took somebody ahead of him. That was like, I think it was Troy Williamson we took ahead of oh, Merriman. I was wondering when he would come up today. Yeah. I was trying not to mention him, but shout out to yeah. Troy Williamson. Like, if you want somebody who's going to run downfield faster than everybody, <laughs> but never make the play, then lose the ball in the lights. <laughs> yeah. was, that a, was that a Spielman pick? It had to be. Triangle it wasn't. authority. It wasn't. We're getting to Spielman. Okay. Spielman has not emerged in our store yet. But who was the GM before Spielman? Mm, I don't know. Was it Childress making the picks? I don't it was know. Is a triangle of authority? Remember? Oh yeah. It was right. like Childress, Spielman. Somebody else, the head coach, or I don't know who it was. There's a triangle. Yeah. Well, somebody obviously very memorable at GM, the guy who, you know, broke apart the Culpepper, Moss, that team. Mm-hmm. But, all right. So the next day after we signed, so Chester Taylor was a big signing, by the way. And he was, I, dude, he was, he was a stud. Beast, yeah. Solid, like 1,100 yards his first season. I remember that whole offseason thinking the Vikings were going to sign Edger and James and being pumped about it. But it turned out Edger and James, the Colts let him go because – he was washed. <laughs> like, you don't just let Hall of Fame running backs leave your team unless... So then he went to the Cardinals. I could be aging, like, but re- remembering back, like, Chester Taylor was more of, like, the all-around back. Yeah. Where, like, AP's first couple of years, he was, like... He was kind of, like... I remember this first year, like, he was a beast and he was awesome, but he was, like... They were still kind of, like, working him in, and he was more one-dimensional. Uh, from what I remember... Uh, from what I remember... Chester Taylor was here for a season. He had like eleven or twelve hundred yards. Got him from the Ravens. He was doing well. You know, he was just like you said. He was uh, well rounded as far as running and pass catching and blocking and stuff. But as soon as AP got here, maybe fourth or fifth game, I think yeah. that's when it really came out. Yeah. Where AP, he was like returning kicks and stuff. But like, yeah. I mean, once they you get a flash of AP, like he was yeah. the lead back. But yeah. I, I remember it almost being like I could be wrong, but I don't. It was almost like. When, like the just like this year, Justin, Justin Jefferson's first year. Yeah. When they were like, he was obviously we know now he was really good, and they were like easing him in. I remember yeah. the first couple games with the Vikings, they were like mixing him and Chester Chester Taylor, and it's like it's obvious this guy is just amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Chester Taylor like, like listening to the starter. Like, well, he doesn't know what holes to hit yet. You know. Like, yeah. It was like easing him in. Yeah, he doesn't know the playbook. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Get him the ball and tell him to go forward. All right, so next in our story, one day after Chester Taylor, March 13th, 2006, the Vikings signed Steve Hutchinson to the famous offer sheet, Poison Pill, where it says, if he's not the highest paid lineman on his team, his whole contract is guaranteed. The Seahawks already had Walter Jones, who was getting paid more than that amount already, so it would have been fully guaranteed upon signing had the Seahawks matched it. And back then, like that was like 9 or $10 million. Was a top for yeah. those best offensive linemen. Yeah, so I think it was seven years, $49 million for Hutchinson, and he would immediately had that guaranteed had the Seahawks matched it, so they couldn't really. Looking back, had, though, looking back, like, 
That wouldn't have been a bad deal either way. Yeah. yeah. And I, this, like, I love that. I lo- remember loving that signing. And I, and obviously Hutchinson's in like the Vikings Hall of Fame. And but, the NFL one now but too. The, and the NFL one, but the Seahawks were pissed about that move for like. Oh yeah. Remember Burleson? Yeah. Like, they oh yeah. Were, I'm sure we'll get into it, but yep. it was like they wanted the, us to pay for that for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was it. And the thing was, the Seahawks had used the transition tag instead of the franchise tag on Hutchinson. So that meant they couldn't get any compensation. So they turn around, and they signed Nate Burleson to the same contract, okay. seven years, forty-nine million. But the Vikings get a third-round pick because they had they got compensation for Burleson. Uh, I believe it was something like they, he couldn't play more than three games in the state of Minnesota in a season or something like that. Oh. And so that killed the whole poison pill after that. The NFL changed the rule; you couldn't do poison pills in your contract. So. It's kind of a, a landmark moment. Great move for the Vikings. Yes. I mean, you're like, okay, well, like on paper, you say, let's trade Nate Burleson for Steve Hutchinson and a third round pick. You're running, running to the what? Well, they probably have dropped it. Got a call with the Ravens. The NFL would have jammed it up. Yeah, but you know what Fumbled, I mean. Yeah. yeah, it it kind of points to today too, or not today, but the last few years, like how how big a big. Even, I mean, Hutchinson was a guard, right? Like, yeah. you don't think of a guard as, like, yeah. usually you're looking at your tackles or whatever, but, like, it kind of shows how a guy, like, a, a guy at one of those interior positions that just is the top of his class, how it can change the look of your team. Yeah, I mean, oh, you look yeah. at Quentin Nelson with the Colts. I mean, yeah. that run game turned around immediately upon him arriving there. Well, just think of Sean Alexander. Yeah. Wasn't that around the time that – Yep. His career tanked. Yeah, Steve yeah. Hutchinson left. Hutchinson left. Alexander hit the cover of Madden, and that was kind of yeah. the, the end of it. And that's and just another thing on that is just like it also shows you how much a splash in free agency at the right position or a trade, which I'm sure you're going to be bringing up with a young man named Jared Allen. But like, just if you're talking about those signings, the drafting was good too. You got Kevin Williams, you got Pat Williams in free agency, Antoine Winfield in free agency. And then, uh, you know, Steve Hutch can make a couple of good trades. You know, you see how that built that roster. But nowadays, it's so hard. Like, we haven't had money for three, four years now. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, it's yeah, hard to make any moves. Kind of handcuffed ourselves. It's like we couldn't go do, like, like the Rams did with Jalen Ramsey. They, like, what yeah. were we going to do, pay Jalen Ramsey? No. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, next in our timeline, April 29th, 2006, NFL draft, first round. Vikings draft linebacker Chad Greenway. Oh, yeah. Mel Kuyper. You can't argue with his production. You can't argue with the way he goes about his business. You can argue about starting him in a preseason game on kickoff. <laughs> he shreds his knee. Yeah. <laughs> also in that draft, second-round pick Cedric Griffin. Oh, yeah. So they used the third-round pick from Burleson that they got. They packaged that with another third to trade back up into the second round. They draft quarterback... Tavares, Tavares Jackson. Jackson. So that's where that was the payoff of the Hutch trade. Oh <laughs> it was trading up to get Tavares Jackson. And they got Ray Edwards in that draft. So but remember the timeline here. So this is April. Okay, sorry. Evan made a good point. He's an RIP. Yeah. Uh, RIP Tavares. Tavares yeah. He's not with us. So May 30th, 2006, after the draft, the Vikings hire Rick Spielman. Oh, slick Rick. So they hired a GM after the draft. <laughs> hired his VP of player personnel, which I think is very 
usually like you see what they did this year. They hired the GM before they hired the coach. Mm-hmm. Like let him get his claws on it, let him hire his guy, let him draft his guy. <laughs> but they waited till after the draft. But uh, Ricky was there for 15 years, so it's a good run for old Ricky. He wasn't yeah. bad. The Kirk Cousin thing really did him in. Yeah. The, you never figured out the quarterback thing. And his trading, his trading back. It looked cool the first couple times he did it, having like 13 draft picks. But yeah. we got half he, of the seventh nobody round. Nobody wants yeah. the seventh round pick. Yeah. He had so many picks, he drafted a long snapper and then cut him. <laughs> Dude. So the 2006 Vikings go 6-10, and 10, and they draft number 7 in 2007. February 8, 2007, Leslie Frazier hired defensive coordinator. Then we go into the draft. April 28, 2007, the Vikings at number 7 take Adrian Peterson. Ooh, yeah. Mel Kuyper before the 2007 draft. I have Peterson going to Cleveland, which was number three, which will have either the third or fourth pick, depending on a coin flip tiebreaker with Tampa Bay. There also could be several teams interested in trading up to get Peterson. So this turned out to be kind of a godsend yeah. that he fell to seven. Well, I remember. I remember that. I remember being in college and wanting Brady Quinn. So oh yeah. I'm glad I wasn't in charge of the draft. Like, and but after I remember after we took Adrian, I was watching highlights, especially those ones of him in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Just running guys over. Being so excited. The only reason he wasn't top five, I think, is because he had like a shoulder injury or something, right? Yeah, in the college. Boise. Didn't he get hurt in like the Boise State game? Yeah. Yeah. That that was the Jamarcus Russell, Calvin Johnson, Joe Thomas, and then three guys who never should have been drafted ahead of Adrian Peterson. Yeah. And yeah. then Adrian Peterson. <laughs> Speaking of, this is off topic, but the that bowl game, the Boise State game, you remember oh, that Oh, that was phenomenal. The Statue of Liberty. Oh, my Oh, yeah. They have the uh, hook and ladder to tie the game, and then the Statue of Liberty play. That was a great game. In 2007, the Vikings go 8-8. Eight and eight. Wow. They, they were really good at going 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> yeah, just we right in the middle. Start paying our coaches to lose games. 100,000 a game, <laughs> yeah. something, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they, I feel like it had the owner for the Vikings told the coaches to do that, they still would have screwed it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, next in our timeline, March 1st, 2008. Your guy, Evan, the Vikings signed Bernard Varian. Six-year, $42 million contract. Jeez. <laughs> I, 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 be honest with you, I do remember being, like, not super excited about it, but he was so fast. Yeah. And the Bears were so just – Annually, they, they never re- had a freaking quarterback. They had Rex so like, Grossman. Was Rex, this yeah. was a guy that and was like fast, and he just has no one that can throw to him. So I was excited, but yeah, he was. Yeah, this was like fresh off their Super Bowl team when their defense or Devin Hester was their offense. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. yeah, he was like a burner. I was like, wow, you know, he had some good games with Rex Grossman, but yeah. Rex, you know, Mister, closing my eyes, I'm gonna throw this thing as far as I can. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, March twenty second, two thousand eight. Excuse me, April 22nd, 2008. Vikings trade a first-round pick and two third-round picks to the Chiefs for Mr. Rodeo, Jared Allen. That was a great trade. That was a great trade. That might be the best in the history of the Vikings. It was, I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think it was that 2008 season, like before the trade, we played the Chiefs, and he destroyed he crushed us. us. I think yeah. he had, like, I mean, a handful of sacks, and he was destructive, and... I so I remember seeing him, and then when we did the trade, it was like, "Oh yeah, this guy's a 
I think he was on the injury report the next week with a knee and a shoulder from doing a sack dance so many times. <laughs> yeah. He was doing the rope the calf so many times. His knee was sore, his shoulder was sore. So well, the Vikings <laughs> always used to uh, scrimmage the Chiefs in uh, training camp, too, so they probably saw him there. He used to always get in fights with them, too. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was in River Falls, I think, they practiced or whatever. Yeah, that was... Yeah, I forgot about that. I think Jared Allen was in a couple of those yeah. fights. And Brock Lesnar was in one, too, I think. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Brock. <laughs> yeah, He's was... not on our timeline, but maybe he could have been a part of this. Yeah. I mean, you know. That was a that was a great trade. Great trade. So the 2008 Vikings go 10-6. and six. They've got a great defense now. They've got a, a great running game. No quarterback. Missing a quarterback. I think that was Tavares Jackson against the Eagles in the playoffs. I don't know if you remember that pick six he threw to Asante Samuel. Oh, yeah. And he, like, ran over to the two-yard line. And they just threw him about 12 yards deep. <laughs> so they lose to the Eagles. But February 27th, 2009, they go get a quarterback. They trade a fourth-round pick to get Sage Rosenfels. Mm. So at this time, we don't know the far thing's going to happen. It's Rosenfels against Tavares Jackson with basically who's driving this Ferrari of a team. Which is just shocking to think about that either of those guys were ever considered an option for a playoff caliber team. Yes, there's but, a though I ha, I've heard recently on the radio that, and I don't know how much truth that they were just messing with, with this story or not. But a lot of people and you might we might talk about it soon. But they were saying that Rosenfels was like, kind of like, the, Favre wouldn't talk to, to. Um, Jackson? No, the head coach. Oh, um, Childress. 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 So, yeah. like, Rosenfels was, like, <laughs> the mediator between the two. <laughs> Favre hated him, so. Yeah, I think Favre called a lot of his own plays. I don't I don't think he liked Chili a whole lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't. I wonder if anybody really liked Chili. He seemed like... No, I don't think so. Mr. I'm the smartest guy in the room. You guys just do what I tell you kind of guy. All right, April 25th, 2009. NFL Draft. First round, the Vikings draft Percy Harvin. Great pick. Over because um, Oakland drafted Darius Hayward Bay. Yeah, because yep. he's the fastest person in the draft. And it was Hayward Bay ahead of Macklin, Crabtree, Harvin, some other guys that would have been good. But yeah, Hayward Bay ran like a four three. I think we got enamored with the uh, 2007 draft, Adrian Peterson. We forgot about. Mr. Sidney Rice, also in oh, second Oh, that was round. the same draft, wasn't it? Oh, second yeah. round. That, that did not make great. the timeline. That was a That should have been on the timeline. Yeah, yeah we got Sidney Rice. being ex- excited about that pick, too. So the, the first mistake of this podcast, I did not include Sidney Rice. Thank you, Judd. That's You're why, that's that's why, why we have here. co-hosts. <laughs> You're the butcher. The 2007 <laughs> draft? Six, yep, 2007, sec- second yeah. round. And I remember seeing him a little bit at South Carolina. Yeah, and he was a beast. And it was like a lot of people wanted the Vikings to get Dwayne Jarrett at that pick. And I was like, dude, if you've seen Sidney Rice, like, yeah, he's a dude. Yeah. Okay, so back to our 2009 draft. Second round, the Vikings draft. Right tackle, Phil Lodeholt. Oh, yeah, the Twin Towers. I remember that. Great pick. Yeah. yeah. He was awesome. He was solid for seven years. So I have some quotes about Percy Harvin leading into the draft. Didn't he fall, too, because of his... He, he was, yeah, he was smoking weed because he had migraines. He failed his, yeah. So Mike Mayock says, not many club executives, quote, are real excited to have a kid on their team who is dumb enough to test positive at the combine. (laughs) John Gruden on Percy Harvin, quote, he's not one of those guys that, man, I added that one, you know, (laughs) looks forward to doing a lot of things other than playing on game day, which 
looking back at his career, about right. It sounds about right. Yeah. So would you say he played when he won a play? <laughs> exactly. We got the uh, the Randy Moss wide receiver theory <laughs> going. But I, I wonder how his career would have been different if like weed would have been like it's they don't care now. Yeah. Like he always had the migraines and stuff, and it was like he maybe was, he was getting like ten catches a game. Average the 2009 season, and he was one of the first guys that was like doing what Debo Samuel's doing now. They yeah, put him yeah. in the backfield, and they, yeah, he, he was just so like good. Bounced off people. He, he never really looked like he was he electrifying. Was, like he wouldn't even look like he was like doing that many moves or jukes. He was just like so agile, like so, shifty, yeah. like he's playing yeah. pinball down yeah. the field. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. exactly. Yeah, kind of like a cream, like a hunter with a Debo Hunt combination type. Like yeah. Yeah, he was crazy. He came in day one and was an impact. There's another guy, if you watched him in college, and I was like, I know about the off-the-field stuff, but how would you take any of those receivers ahead of him if yeah. you watched him at Florida? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I know he's smaller. He's not your prototypical, like, outside receiver. Like, in today's game, he would have been drafted a lot higher, I think, oh, yeah. as a slot receiver. Yeah. But he had, I mean, I think he had ended up with the, the hip pretty much ended his career when he went to Seattle. Yeah, that one high catch he had in the Super Bowl or something like that, I think that's when it went downhill for him. Yeah, I think he played two games that year. One was a Super Bowl and one was against the Vikings. <laughs> he scored in both of them. <laughs> he wanted to stick it to the Vikings so bad, he's on one leg and still scored. All right, now we get to another quarterback. August 18th, 2009, the Vikings signed. I guess. Go for it, Evan. John David Bowie. No, but that was Kelly Holcomb. Ooh, that, Wait, that was way earlier, wasn't it? Booty. I think they drafted John David Booty, but he, yeah, because Booty was there right before Rooks this guy. Bollinger. So John David Booty was holding on to this guy's number, and he had to give it up. Like it was they actually Brett talked Favre. about. This is Brett Favre. <laughs> well, I thought you said drafted. I oh no, nope, signed. Sorry, Vikings signed Brett Favre to a two-year contract, and this is for me one of those. I remember being at work at Fargo Parks, and it came over the radio, and we all stopped working, and we were all on our phones for about an hour. Sorry, Fargo Parks. I'll get, I'll pay you the seven twenty-five back someday. <laughs> but like, it was like, oh my God, it's happening because there's yeah. rumors about it forever. I used to work, so I worked um, in Eden Prairie on Viking Drive during this time, and I would take the exit. Now there's a big like overpass and stuff there you can't even really you'd have where winter park used to be you used to be able to exit right there and drive right by the vikings ship and so that whole week i would drive every day i'd drive right by there and then i remember they had like across the street from the ship they had this big platform wood plywood platform and we'd go but we'd go to the office and we'd have the tv on and there's es because i'd drive by this woodford platform it's espn truck and it was where rach the reason why there's this big wood platform is because Rachel Nichols had a stand on it because she's so short. <laughs> and but they would be there every day, and we watch like it was right down the road, and we watched the interviews about is Favre coming, when is he going to be there? Yeah, I remember they sent like the private jet to go get him and all that. Like the Wilkes family sent it out there, and yeah, it was just a huge deal because it's like, oh my God, Brett Favre is playing for the Vikings, the yeah. guy I've hated my whole life because he's on the Packers, and now it's like, like it was like a, a little bit of like self reflection too as a Vikings fan, like. Okay, we gotta cheer for this guy now. Like it's kind of a, a little bit of a weird feeling, but it's also like, well, we don't have Tavares Jackson as our quarterback or Sage yeah. Rosenfels anymore. So, right. but he was not great for the Jets the season before. I think he led the league in interceptions, like twenty three or twenty four picks. He was on the cover of Madden though that year. 
That so could have been he it. Had some, like, he had some games where he – didn't he have a game where he had, like, six TD passes? Like, he had his he had a few games where it was like, okay, he can still play. I remember him running a – well, no pun intended, a naked bootleg for the Jets. <laughs> and it was one of those ones where – it was like the Peyton Manning one where the whole defense just followed the running back. And yeah. I think Favre got, like, 50 yards. He would have scored if he had any speed. But they just <laughs> ran him down from behind eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, so, it, like, the whole Packers-the-Jets thing was weird. They ended up getting a draft pick. His contract, I think the Jets ended up just releasing him as he retired. Yeah. So he, he was able to sign as a free agent. The Vikings signed him for two years. and Obviously, one of the landmark Viking moments right yeah. there. A quote from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. The unthinkable is reality. Brett Lorenzo Favre is officially a Minnesota Viking in 2009. <laughs> Just soaking was, in the Packers' tears right there. It was, there was so much hatred. I remember that. A quote from Brett Favre. This is not about revenge, believe me. You can't take away the 16 years in Green Bay, and that will forever be cherished. Which is just a lie. <laughs> that was oh you signed with the rival team in their division it wasn't a little bit of spite in that like yeah. <laughs> come on one more quote from ESPN.com Jackson and Rosenfels were a little more begrudging in handing over the starting job <laughs> sure they were that that moment of silence we had right there also for T-Jack but I mean like a little self-awareness like do you think they paid a quarterback two years and what 35 million dollars like, well, yeah, you're going to compete for the job with Sage Rosenfels and Tavares Jackson. <laughs> like, I mean, I know as a competitor, you're like, oh, you're not going to take my job. But, like, it's Brett Favre. <laughs> yeah. And you're T-Jack from the Sage Rosenfels. So we're going to do a quick run through the 2009 Vikings. The roster? Nope, just the season. No. <laughs> well, I'm trying to pan. I'm trying to clip through this pain as fast as I can. So the 2009 Vikings go 12-4 and in the regular season. Mm-hmm. January 17th, 2010, the Vikings spanked the Cowboys 34-3, which is a very memorable game. That was awesome. They, I remember the Cowboys had a good team, too. but I was at the Dome. You were at the game. I was at the game, and it was so loud. Like, And we were, like, 50-yard line right under the like the owner or the boxes at the Dome. And the it was so loud, the, the stadium was... I don't know if you've been in the dome when it's like bow, you can feel it like moving, the seats move. It was an awesome game. Might have been the whole foundation of the stadium shaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dome, the dome comes into our story later. <laughs> and I remember the, I remember the the Vikings came out to like Led Zeppelin, like ah, and it was just awesome. I, I'll never forget it. <laughs> I watched it with a friend of mine. I won't name his name. Who's a Cowboys fan? And it was pretty. I was cheering really loud on the inside, but it was pretty quiet in the room. Because it was over pretty quick. Sydney Rice, Sydney Rice had what about 160 yards and three touchdowns or something like that. And yeah, that was great. It was a great game. Great. <clears throat> Sorry, just to go back to that Seattle rivalry, they signed Percy Harvin, or we, we traded him for Percy Harvin. Yeah. And then they signed Sydney Rice. <laughs> He's a free agent. So they, they were mad about Hutch for years. <laughs> like yeah, buried. And they ended Kevin Williams and Antoine Winfield's careers too. I think. Yep. Yep. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Seattle. All right. I'll get through this one quick. January 24th, 2010. The Vikings lose to the Saints. The NFC Championship. All right, move past that. I Mar cry in my college uh, house with my roommates. 
my dad and I, I think, pretty much did like the King of the Hill thing in our basement that, after the game was over. Like, there's no talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> just beer drinking. Let's not make. I know we're skipping over this because it's fat, like because it's painful. But let's just so it's on record. That was a steal. Like that was, they were, they should have never lost. We obviously know they shouldn't have lost that game, but and they would have killed the Colts. They would have killed the Colts. Yeah. yeah. All right. Something also a little bit depressing, not as depressing. March 5th, 2010. And I added this because this person was not a part of the 2010 team. And I think it was a big deal. Chester Taylor signs with the Bears. Mm. They lose Chester Taylor, the, the everything third down back, good blocking guy. Like, you pick up blitzes and stuff. And I think that was a huge loss for Favre. And he was the screen guy. You have to always catch those, like, Texas mm-hmm. routes out of the backfield. Like You forget about the man we drafted in 2010. Oh, I'm getting to that one. I got some close to that round. Can, can we? One <laughs> Tobias Gerhard. The one thing that I also think we that might have been a key. I recently thought about this, and I know Sully was really came in and it was really good, especially in that 09 season. But Burke. like the year before that, we had Matt Burke. Yeah. Can you imagine if we have Matt Burke on that 09 team? Yeah. yeah. On that with Hutchinson and McKinney. Oh my goodness. Let's, we can't leave out Anthony Herrera either. I think we've named the rest of the offensive yeah. line. Shout out to Anthony Herrera at right guard. That was a good line. Yeah. It's weird how uh, great teams build good offensive lines and go places. Because mm-hmm. wasn't Sullivan a rookie? I don't know rookie or second year, yeah. He was young. Yeah, he was young. All right. April 23rd, 2010. Here you go, Judd. The Vikings trade out of the first round with the Lions. The Lions draft Javid Best. Vikings trade to the top of the second round and draft Chris Cook. And later in the second round, draft running back Toby Gerhardt. Why? Why? You have Adrian Peterson. Why are you drafting Toby Gerhardt in like, the second round? He like does the same things as Adrian Peterson, but significantly worse. Yeah. Well, he was a pass catcher, and he was a good pass blocker. i I, I be honest. I was excited about the pick because I remember him being at Stanford, he was just a beast. He kind of like did everything, and it would have been, you know, it's like, it, it was like, obviously he's no Adrian Peterson, but like, good backup, and he, if Adrian's, Adrian's not in, he could do the pass catching, or, you know, so I, I remember just being like, okay, this is a good, especially the second round, I didn't think it was like, we had to go somewhere else. Obviously now, looking back, yeah. it wasn't a great pick, but. Uh, a quote, ESPN article headline, Toby Gerhardt eager to prove doubters wrong. <laughs> Always a strong, strong <laughs> statement. Brad Childress, quote, about Toby Gerhardt, which is kind of hilarious. I know you guys, the media, want to put him in a box because of dot, 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 his weight. <laughs> not not the white running back narrative. And Childress <laughs> had to kind of skip over that one. <laughs> Toby Gerhardt, career, 1,675 yards. So... Didn't he go to Tampa afterwards? Jacksonville. Jacksonville. They signed him to a nice contract, too. So good for Toby Gerhardt getting paid. I just uh, remember his red cheeks. He just had the most red face when he was playing. (laughs) So later in that draft, April 26, 2010, the Vikings draft, Everson Griffin and Joe Webb. A quote. Here's some stuff about Everson Griffin leading into the draft. Weighed 273 pounds at the Combine. And ran a four six six, matched Indominus Sioux with thirty two bench press reps. But from the Orange County Register, here's a quote: 
Griffin wasn't the most mature kid at USC, and that manifested itself in an inconsistent work ethic. I think he was always a hard worker, but there's maybe some other stuff going on. It seems. <laughs> well, like. I think he had a, like his mom was sick or something like that. There was some kind of family background where he didn't have much stability that way. I remember that much. Yeah, and I think he was a really high recruit too, and they couldn't figure out where to put him at USC. Yeah, I think they tried to put him at linebacker mm. instead of just letting him go kill the quarterback. And that was around the time they had, like, Mauluga and Cushing mm-hmm. and Clay Matthews. So it's kind of a tough spot for him to probably find playing time there. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, 466 at 273 pounds is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Next on our timeline, July 26, 2010. Eric Bieniemy named assistant head coach. So a little, you know, what, 11, 12 years later, he's still – Still trying to find that head coaching job, but mm-hmm. I bet I bet the Chiefs are paying him well to stay, like the Josh McDaniels thing with the they're saying, Patriots. Yeah, they're, he's going to be the heir apparent to Andy Reid. I can see that. Makes sense. August 16th, 2010, Ryan Longwell, Steve Hutchinson, and Jared Allen get chartered a plane by Ziggy Wilf, fly down to Mississippi, and convince Brett Favre to come back. They're getting the band back together. <laughs> Quote by Steve Hutchinson. I wish I had some sort of fairy tale story about the way it all happened, but it really wasn't a big moment or anything. I guess they showed up and Favre was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Jared Allen told him he didn't care if he stayed retired. <laughs> oh my <goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious in hindsight. That seems like the most Jared Allen yeah. thing possible. Probably, probably is what made him decide to come. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you want me to prove it again? Okay. Yeah, he probably called him too old or something like that. You know, just poking the bear. Yeah, I know that knew where to hit his ego. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a huge story because it was like, all right, who's our quarterback now? Favre's, his ankle's shattered. His, I mean, he's probably on AARP at this point, Medicare, all the above. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they had to fly the private jet down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and go to Brett's farm. And apparently, like, I was reading this, like, I guess Brett and Deanna, like, packed their bags and hopped on the jet back to Minneapolis. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Convinced the wife pretty quick. He's yeah. like, baby, we're going to make $20 million this year. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Is that what he made that year? Yeah. That's nice. Something close to It was, to like, that. 13 or something, like, yeah, he, second, first year? Or? I think it was 15 the first year, and then, like, they were, like, 20 with incentives the second year. That like, could have been up to 25 which is big quarterback money at that point. Yeah, that was like nice. top of the league. That's like who got drafted that year. Like Sam yeah. Bradford was probably making about that. Yeah, he made like $60 million on that first contract. Yeah. Here's a big signing by the Vikings. August 24th, 2010. Tell me where you were when the Vikings signed Javon Walker. I, I remember that. but Released 11 days later. Yeah. I don't know. I don't remember who Javon Walker is. He's a receiver from the Raiders? Uh, Packers. He was on the Raiders for oh, a minute, Javon though. He was Walker. really good on the Packers. But he had, I think, a couple of knee injuries. He ended up with the Broncos for a minute there with Cutler. But, yeah, it was like, oh, we got Javon Walker to go back with Favre. But it's like, well, no, his knees are shot. <laughs> yeah. So shout-out to Javon Walker getting paid for 11 days. So yeah. That's probably cool. August 31st, 2010, Sidney Rice placed on the physically unable wasn't to perform there something list. like that? Do you think, wasn't like Walker signed because they kind of knew Sidney Rice was going to It be seems out. like these are linked, yeah, yeah for sure. Hank Basket was in there. Yeah, I, yeah, Hank Basket. 
Yeah, they, they were looking for a tall, rangy receiver because yeah. Rice was... Well, that was a hip too, right? Yeah, I think he had like a lingering hip thing for yeah. like the rest of his career. Cause he had like, what, 1,300, 1,400 yards in 09. He was drafted in 07, so by that time he was three years in the league. And when he went to the Seahawks, it was just like the end. That yeah, was it. It, was, it was pretty much over. He had a few nice games, but he could just never stay on yeah. the field. Now we get to the season, the 50th anniversary season for our Minnesota Vikings. Still have a windbreaker somewhere. <laughs> I've got the patch on the Randy Mosters <laughs> I'm currently wearing. I got the plaque the, because that year they made, they made a – I got the 50 – it was the 50th anniversary and I had the 50 greatest Vikings. Like, you guys have seen that in the basement. Yeah. 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 So it kind of kind of a horrible memory of that year. Brings you back to that year. <laughs> we'll have a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Week one, the Vikings kick off their season with a rematch against the Saints Sunday night football. Just yeah. a defensive battle. 14 to 9 Saints. Yeah. I remember that one. Because I remember I was playing against a guy in fantasy football, not to bring my fantasy football team into this, but I had Adrian Peterson, and he had Shanko, mm. and Shanko caught the only touchdown and scored more points than Adrian. <laughs> and maybe that was a precursor to the season. We should have known what was coming. Because the next week, September 19th, 2010, week two. The Vikings lose to the Chad Henney-led Dolphins, 14-10. to 10. So they have 19 points in two games after basically getting to the Super Bowl with the same team the year before. It was I just remember being, it's so weird. I remember watching, I wanted to kill the Saints so bad when we played them, and it was like, you could, you could see, like, it felt like we were just, like, a couple steps off. Like, you could see, like, the Favre still kind of had the magic, but it was like something was off. Mm-hmm. And then we, I remember that we all thought it was, like, the injuries and that we would figure it out. But it was just... It's honestly kind of like the Vikings in 2020 and 2021 to where, like, you know, we went against the Saints in the playoffs or something like that. Next season, we're just waiting for it to happen, things to come together. Just, like, bad game after bad game. I think we you said something, too, about Shanko. I think we do need to put a, a message on this podcast that he might be the only player in league history that had three legs yeah <laughs> <laughs> the crank of shank they call it <laughs> do we have uh that tight end carlson from the seahawks john carlson yeah. from litchfield minnesota yeah. yeah we had him for a couple years <laughs> shout out to litchfield all right september 26 2010 week three the vikings beat the lions and that was the only notes i took because there's nothing notable about ever beating the lions Week four is the Vikings bye week. Terrible time for a bye week. So October 7th, 2010, the Vikings trade a third-round pick for Randy Moss. Mm-hmm. Here's where Randy comes in. Get your 84 jerseys out, he says. I'm was, back home. We talked about this before the podcast, but I want to let the listeners know that I was uh, working at Menards in the uh, lumber yard in the shed, and me and my buddy Addison were ecstatic, driving our forklifts all around the yard. You know, <laughs> hunking our little horn. Beep, beep, you know. People were in there saving big money, and you were yeah. driving a forklift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're making big trades. <laughs> so there was a lot of. I just remember the the '84 jersey out thing and straight cash, homie. Every it was just everywhere. Yeah, everyone was pretty jacked. Yeah, it was it was great to see him back. So it was like with Rice out, they needed they needed that guy like that outside. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking too, like Favre's never had a weapon like this. This is going to be a sick sick season. And he always wanted Moss in Green Bay. Like when the Vikings traded him to Oakland, and when Oakland traded him to New England, Favre always lobbied to get Moss on his team. So 2010, he finally gets him. Mm-hmm. 
And I'll never forget this game. I don't know why this one sticks in my mind. Four days later, Monday Night Football against the New York Jets. The Vikings lose a... It was a great game. I remember that. And that was a great Jets defense. That was when they had all those... They had the Rex Ryan defense. They had LT. They had they Sean had, Green. Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah. So it was a really good Jets team minus their quarterback. But they were like a solid team. Uh, Vikings lose 29-20. to Favre throws number 500 to Moss. Oh, yeah. Remember that deep ball past Cromartie? But uh, Favre led like a furious comeback in that game. But they just came up short at the end. I remember I thought Harvin that 500 was against the Packers, and that's what made it so good. No. No, it was it was, okay. a, it was a deep ball. I think it's cool that it was to Moss, because that's like a – in 10 years, that's, that'll be a trivia question that nobody will get right because <laughs> Moss wasn't there very long, and yeah. people forget that he played with Brett Favre. You've know? you got to think that one of Cromartie's 21 kids is going to make it to the league, right? <laughs> I mean, they're going to have a full defense pretty soon. <laughs> Was it only 21? <laughs> I don't know how many. There's going to be a lot of Camardis and Petersons playing in a couple <laughs> yeah. years. Didn't he have, like, twins after a Yeah, he got a vasectomy, or? and then, yeah, I had twins after that. I think he had wow. six kids post-vasectomy. So. I heard, like, his, um, I want to say his, like, child support for a while was, like, 300 thousand dollars Yeah, he had to get, like, an advance on his signing bonus a couple times to pay <laughs> child support. <laughs> That's crazy. The next week, though, the Vikings bounce back. Here's... Here's where we're maybe thinking, okay, we got Moss, we're starting to get healthy. The Vikings beat the Cowboys 24-21. to Percy Harvin, 95-yard kick return is the big play. So that this, as Vikings fans, we're thinking, all right, we're back. And what was the date? October 17th, okay. 2010. My sister's birthday? Happy birthday, Autumn. Well, two days after Autumn's birthday, October 19th, reports come out that Brett Favre will have to meet with the NFL regarding Jen Sturger. Mm. And I wish it would have said October 20th, Brian McCann invests in Crocs. <laughs> I'd probably be a millionaire now. <laughs> but that was. October 21st, Brett Favre invests in photography classes. Because that <laughs> yeah. was a terrible angle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was just like, of course, like, you know, Vikings win a nice game. And now Brett Favre has. His wiener on the internet. <laughs> Great. He hung around uh, Smoot and McKinney too long. Yeah. Maybe that was a post-love boat picture. <laughs> we never found out the, the origins of the picture, but maybe that's, maybe that's the untold truth about it. October 24th, week 7. Vikings lose to the Packers 28-24 at Lambeau. Brett Favre throws three picks. Mm. So it was like interesting looking back at this because you always remember the 09 games against yeah, the Packers. I don't remember Barber that. Shredded them. I don't remember. I that. forgot about this one. Yeah. I apparently scratched it out of my memory quick. I did too. Three I picks. Remember. I because rem- I remember the 09 both games. I have no recollection of that game. I remember Moss scoring in this game as well because he always scored at Lambeau regardless of what team he was on. Even when he was on the Niners, he scored at Lambeau. But yeah, I don't remember the loss or the picks. So, all right. It seems like, and just hearing the scores, like early on, it seems like defense was playing really well. And then these last couple weeks you're talking about, it seems like the defense started giving up points. Yeah. You know, because like 20, 21 points a game isn't that bad. 24 points a game isn't that bad offensively, especially when we were supposed to be a pretty good defense. We had the Williams wall, and Ray Edwards is going to set the sack record like we talked about earlier. Yeah, Medea Williams came in. (laughs) Chris Cook. Chris Cook. Antoine we, we kind of glossed over the Chris Cook thing. They drafted him because he was like 6'3", 
He was not good. Well, his knees, he was okay, but then his knees got bad. Zero interceptions in his career. Yeah. And it was zero. Yeah, he beat up his girlfriend. Oh, that that too. That doesn't help your career. Standing opinion. All right, week eight on Halloween of 2010. Vikings lose to the Patriots 28-18. Randy Moss, very critical in his post-game interview. I hope you remember that, where he was saying, like, he was trying to tell Childress, like, here's what they're going to do, because he was on their team three weeks before that. He was trying to help with the game plan, and Childress just, like, iced him out. I don't really remember that game either. That was in Foxborough. Yep. I think I blacked out about ten games of that season. (laughs) Yeah. I remember that one because it was really frustrating. Where like I think maybe I cut him from our coach. Didn't throw to Moss at all. Yeah, that was what you got Favre right, and you got Moss like, and Favre's a gunslinger. Like it felt like we weren't opening it up really. Yeah, that, and like, Moss is like a year and a half removed from a what eighteen or twenty touchdown season. Yeah, I mean 07, what twenty three TDs three years think, earlier. Yeah. yeah. The next day, November first, two thousand ten, Brad Childress. Cuts Randy Moss after spending a third round pick. People want to talk about how the Ngakwe trade was bad because we gave up what a second or something. Yeah, he played for a season. We got a third out of it, but then you trade a third for Hall of Fame receiver and Randy Moss, a Minnesota legend. Brad Childress cuts him Your four weeks later. I think I was working at Menards with Addison that night too, and we were pissed. Did you forklift everything you could see? <laughs> yeah. and just it, throw it. It seemed like <laughs> so many forklifts. I'm not like I don't remember what all like. I remember like the food incident and stuff. It seemed like some pretty petty things to cut. Like you obviously want to have good team morale, but you need Randy Moss to make it to the playoffs that year. Yeah, or else you basically said fuck this year by cutting him. Yeah, yeah. And no one like if if you I bet Childress looks back. I, get, I bet you he doesn't regret it, but if he wanted to keep his job, he needed to keep the news away. Yeah, he lost his job. Yeah, and Childress is the one that cut him, not Spielman. Yeah. Ziggy Wilk was mad about it. The entire fan base hated it. You can't spend a third-round pick and cut somebody because your ego is too big. Yeah. yeah. That's honestly what it was. Childress didn't like Favre because he wanted to, you know, change the plays and call audibles at the line because he's Brett Favre. He's been playing for, what, 18 years or something at that point? Yeah. And Randy Moss is another veteran who knows what he's doing. Childress is just probably just, I don't know, felt intimidated. Seems or like he got his feelings hurt and then cut him. Mm-hmm. And it got it got blamed on the whole food thing where Moss said mm-hmm. he wouldn't feed the catering to his dogs or something yeah. like that. And then it turned out to be like Matt Burke's favorite restaurant or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But I, I hope that that business, um, whatever the name of the place was, I bet it made a whole bunch of money because it's like, well, our business is on ESPN.com on the front page now. Yeah, didn't make any money in Minnesota once I heard that was the reason. Yeah. Randy Moss in 2010, four games, 13 catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. For a third-round pick. Went to the Titans after that, finished his career. He played at San Francisco, too. Yeah, he retired for like a year and played in the Super Bowl. Bowl, But he was kind of like the third receiver he that's right he was kind of a decoy that. really at that point yeah he yeah. was just kind of there <laughs> all right november 7th 2010 week nine the vikings make a furious fourth quarter comeback to beat the cardinals Favre to ties the game longwell walk off in overtime i kind of remember this game they were they're down like 28 to 7 or something like that and they came all the way back to tie it up and oh the were the cardinals really good that year too 
This might have they might have been on the path to being maybe this was the Kurt Warner Cardinals 2010. It sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, probably. Larry Fitz, Anquan Bolton. Or I'm thinking no, that's when the Bears came back and beat him and let him off the hook. That was oh Denny yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Denny. Mm-hmm. So they beat the Cardinals there. Once again, maybe we're thinking, all right, we got a chance. Sorry, time out. I'm gonna just interject here with uh, going back to the draft and like. 1990 whatever it was and uh, Denny Green drafted Randy Moss who's a feature player in this season yeah took him number 21 everybody didn't want him because of his off the field stuff they had some people in place to help him out they had Carter they had Denny Green they had some mentors obviously it worked out great yeah I think they didn't want to draft him because uh, he came from Randy University and um (laughs) He wore those weird glasses to the Heisman. <laughs> yeah, that looks kind of funny. It was like space, like Matrix glasses. Yeah, just a little Neo <laughs> circle, quarter size glasses. All right, our next entry, November 14th, 2010, week 10. The Vikings get trounced by the Bears 27 to 13. Favre throws three interceptions in the loss. Let me guess it was in that Soldier Field. That one was at Soldier Field. All right, yep. That always happens. The next week, <laughs> it gets better for the Vikings. By better, I mean a lot worse. November 21st, 2010, week 11, Packers beat the Vikings 31-3 in the Dome. Rodgers throws four touchdowns with no interceptions. Favre throws no touchdowns with an interception. 31-3 is about as bad as it gets. But it's like AP and you got Barian and Harvin. So I guess he still had some weapons. But Shanko, but... Like you said, losing Burke was probably a big loss that year. Yeah, three points regardless of what your offense is yeah. can't do it yeah especially he, against the Packers he at must home. have been like really hurting too because to go from that being that good to being yeah not very good he was 40 that season wasn't he yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you who's hurt the next maybe. day Brad Childress fired the next day yeah screw that guy Leslie Frazier takes over as interim head coach then November 28th 2010 Leslie Frazier's debut. The Vikings win on the road against the Washington, whatever their nickname was at that point. Peterson, ankle injury in the second quarter. So he has a history of getting hurt against Washington, at Washington. Vikings sack Washington quarterback Donovan McNabb four times. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So here's, here's he the main the one. He came the next season, I think. Mm-hmm. Here's the main one the next week. December 5th, 2010. Vikings against the Bills. This is where Brett Favre gets injured. Gets his head spiked off the turf, shoulder, all the above. Does not return. This is the end of his 297-game consecutive start. Iron Man This is in Buffalo? This is uh, in the Dome, but against Buffalo. Vikings end up winning 38-14 behind Tavares Jackson somehow. But the the story's Favre because 297 is not going to get touched. Because you have to be like a kicker or a quarterback. And I don't think anybody's going to ever be allowed to play with as much brain damage as yeah. Brett Favre took mm-hmm. through his whole career. Eli and Manning was close, I feel like. Or he was probably the next I think up. he was still like 120 behind. I think, yeah. I think he was but still, he was the second place guy. Yeah, him and Peyton were up there. But to keep answering yeah. the bell for almost 20, like 320 is 20 yeah. seasons. So it's, you know. You wonder if they would have won that 09 championship game, like if he could have played in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Like you never think about that, but he, he probably would have got back on the painkillers. His, his ankle was apt. They would have had to wheel him out there in a yeah. chair if they had to. They would have carried him like Byron Leftwich to the line of scrimmage. He would have played. 
All right, to add to the Vikings' misery, a week later, the next Sunday, we all wake up. We're excited. The Vikings have a game against the Giants. When we turn on Fox, what do we see? The Metrodome roof has collapsed. <laughs> the snow just shooting through the roof. Yeah. Which, it's just crazy. I was, we, I lived in the, in the cities. I'm done with school. We lived down in the cities and actually had a bunch of friends down from, from college and we were going to go out on the town and watch the Vikings game. But then it was a lot of the same friends that I would watch all the, the 09 Vikings with. And it, but it was such a bad blizzard. You couldn't go anywhere. The, yeah. I mean, so it wasn't like the dome. I mean, obviously the dome had problems, but like it was, it was a, it was, a record it was obviously setting, a pretty bad storm. Yeah. Like that, a record setting problems. blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't really, even like very few people were out and about. If people were, if people were going to the grocery stores, they had snow, snowshoes on. I remember that, but. Um, yeah, it was a crazy weekend. A quote from Jared Allen. Quote, guys coming into the hotel from their houses. Weather could be a concern, but never did you think that the game would be canceled because of a blizzard. I mean, you're in a dome, right? <laughs> so weather's never even been in the forecast for a game plan. So, yeah, that was crazy. So they immediately had to start figuring out, okay, how are they going to get this game played? So the next day, it's not technically Monday Night Football. It's a Fox game on a Monday. The Vikings play at Ford Field against the Giants. Mm-hmm. Remember that? And they got spanked 21-3 to in front of like a church crowd. They are giving away free tickets, if I recall correctly. This is in Detroit for a home game against the Giants. But there was like, nobody there. It was, re- it was just such a bizarre happenstance. Do you, the one thing we didn't really talk about, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to derail where we're at in the timeline, but... And I don't think we lost that many guys, but like it was pretty much pretty much the same team, right? Other than Chester Taylor and Sidney Rice, you have a lot of the same. There wasn't like any other big free agents that left. Yeah, the defense was pretty much whole. She's Lieber, uh, EJ, and Aaron Henderson, and then for quarterbacks we had, or we had Chris Cook and Antoine Winfield. And Gr- Griffin, Griffin was still there. I think Griffin might have been banged up. Yeah, and then we had oh, yeah, he uh, was hurt. Madea Williams was in uh, at a safety spot. I forget who the other like, guy was. Maybe like Jamarca Sanford or something. Yeah, I think he was on the team, yeah. And then he had starting defensive line was Jared Allen, Williams Wall, and Ray Edwards. And then B-Rob was on the team. Never got, started. Everson Griffin. You got Keith Farwell. You've got Chad Greenway still. you got yeah. all those so dudes. So I think that just shows like how... You get a you have a bad coaching situation, or it's all about kind of the team vibe too. Like that 0-9 team seems so they had a lot of confidence and they're having fun and, and then, fun and then yeah. it's just like since that second game against the Niners in 0-9, whenever the Greg uh, Greg Lewis welcome to Minnesota, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you, one thing too about that game is like, do you remember before early on when Favre started in 9 it was like very run heavy, and then they when they had that comeback against. The Niners, it was like, we got Brett Favre. Let's start, like, <laughs> he you looks know, healthy. So, let it like, rip. I wonder if that 2010 team was like more of a children's foot. Like, we're going to run the ball. You know, Probably. Like, I don't remember how we played. Like, where we – I don't remember. I remember being a little frustrated with how we were playing with the play calling when we had Randy Moss and Brett Favre. Yeah. It felt like Moss was just running routes out there into the sky. Well, Childress had that, like, 11 by 17 play card he always had in front of his face, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Vikings lose to the Giants. The next week, another memorable game. Brett Favre comes back. 
But they don't have a home field still. So they're playing at TCF Bank, the freshly built stadium for the Gophers. And they don't have the heated coils at this point. So this is it's a snow game against the Bears. And it's a frozen field. And Favre gets his head spiked off yeah, the turf. Yeah, bounces off of the turf. And He's done. That's the end of his career. The end of Favre right there. Those jerseys were pretty sick, though. Yeah. <laughs> those retro jerseys with the gray face masks. Sorry. No, no, I love those. I, I think they should they wear should those bring more those often. back yeah. for next year. I agree. Those are those are sweet. Vikings lose forty to fourteen. I think Hester scored twice in that game, but that was not. No, that's all a footnote. The score is, you know, the end of the legendary career of Brett Favre right there. It's kind of a microcosm of the whole season. Just him getting his head bounced off the turf. So the following week. December 28, 2010, there's a, a record-setting blizzard in the Northeast. So the Vikings get moved to Tuesday night, and they play the Eagles. The Vikings win 24-14 behind quarterback. Remember this Joe one? Webb. Joe Webb. He skipped a ball off the ground to start that game, I think. <laughs> yeah. They're like, it's like the announcer's like, yeah, this guy can really spin it, and then he just like, poof, off the turn. <laughs> Bounce pass. But I remember he... Shook somebody for a touchdown. He had a touchdown run, but the guy who really won that one was uh, Winfield. Again, this was like the Michael Vick Eagles when they were they were good. They were going towards the playoffs, and Winfield had a, I think three sacks in that game or something like that. Oh, I have it written: two sacks, a forty-five yard fumble recovery TD off of one of those sacks. He sacked Vick and swatted it out of his hand, and then picked it up and ran it in, which was just such a bizarre win considering how the whole season had gone. And Joe Webb is playing quarterback against a playoff team on the road. Another bad choice by Childress. Weren't we just talking the year before they had uh, or they had T-Jack and Sage Rosenfeld? Like, how did Joe Webb become the backup quarterback? I, I don't know if Jackson got hurt. I think Jackson got hurt, too. And didn't we draft him as, like, a receiver? Oh, he was going to maybe switch to receiver. Yeah, he was he, a receiver. Yeah, no, he, we switched him to receiver? He was a late-round pick as, like, He a, was a receiver turned quarterback. He was quarterback in college. We were going to play him. at He was returning kicks and stuff, and then they're like... His hands were so big. Yeah, they saw him throw the ball in yeah. practice. Like, well, he's a quarterback again. Yeah. Like, well, you got to play against the Eagles on the road, and they beat him somehow. Also went to play um, for Seattle afterwards, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah. I think he's been on... I don't know if he's... Is he still playing? He might be. He's been on, like, 18... Oh, he, fell, or he backed up Cam Newton. Oh, that's right, for Carolina. And he was like a gunner on special teams. Like, the guy ended up floating around in the league yeah, for a while. Yeah. So, make your money, man. All right, the last game of the season, January 2nd, 2011. Vikings lose at Ford Field for the second time in a month. Goodness. They lose this time to the Lions instead of the Giants. 20-13. to The only touchdown for the Vikings is a Jared Allen 36-yard interception return. So, that's how the season went. And to really put a nail in the coffin, didn't the Packers win the Super Bowl? Yes, that was. I didn't write that down, but. That sucked. We can clip this out of the. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll edit that part out. Yeah. <laughs> so, a little postscript. Brett Favre, numbers 2010. 11 touchdowns, 19 interceptions. Rating of 69.9. It's kind of funny considering mm-hmm. the Gent Surger thing. A QBR of 38.4, which is not ideal. Adrian Peterson. 15 games, 1,298 yards, 12 touchdowns, 341 receiving. Percy Harvin, 107 rushing and a touchdown, 868 receiving and five touchdowns. Chad Greenway leads the team with 144 tackles. Jared Allen, 11 sacks, 
Pro Bowlers Peterson, Kevin Williams, EJ Henderson, Antoine Winfield. Um, April 28, 2011, to sum up how this season went, the Vikings draft Christian Ponder and Kyle Rudolph. July, they trade for Donovan McNabb. August, yeah. Bryant McKinney is cut. That Vikings team goes 3-13. and 13. And Don't Adrian Peterson tears his ACL in a game that they won. It, had they lost, they would have gotten Andrew, Andrew Luck. Luck. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Talk about games that, like, oh, talk about draft? losing on purpose. You, how, when you should lose. Do we draft? Um, That's when we got Matt Khalil. Yeah. I can't believe. I was going to say that earlier. But I remember we the game Adrian Peterson had a horrific ACL injury. We won. And our guy, we could have had luck. Our guy Toby honest. Gerhardt went off that game. Oh, my God. Had they just lost to Washington, who ended up picking number two, yeah. we'd have been, I think, either in number one or coin flip. We'd have gotten one of the two quarterbacks, which who knows? Was Gabbert two? Uh, RG3, which oh, who yeah. knows how if his career is different if he doesn't Shanahan. Shanahan. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been better than Matt Khalil or Trent Richardson. Mm-hmm. In Khalil's defense, his rookie season was really good. That was Yeah, that was when Adrian yeah. set the rushing record. After that... He got signed by Carolina because his brother played there, and they <laughs> sent him for like five years, $50 million or something like that. Mm-hmm. Cut him next year. So there it ends the timeline of the 2010 Minnesota Vikings. Just a weird season. Thank you yeah. for ruining my Friday. Yeah, well, I'm glad I agreed to do this. <laughs> <laughs> well, shout out to everybody else who's now depressed. You're, you're welcome. Any... Uh, any last thoughts about that season? Yeah, I want to evoke re- some memories. No, I just want to retract that Joe Webb never played for Seattle. We have a postscript edit from Judd the Butcher. Yeah. He's refining his ways. <laughs> <laughs> we used to not fact check, fact check around here. <laughs> it's a new podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> and we're gonna be on Spotify, so we gotta be legit. Yeah, yeah, we gotta watch what we say. So. <laughs> Straight cash, homie. So there ends the 2010 Vikings. Evan and Judd, thanks for joining me. Please let me know if you guys think of any teams or random seasons you'd like to hear. Baseball, basketball, football. I don't know anything about hockey, really, so we could try it out. But let us know. Like, subscribe, comment, all the above. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time.